Welcome to this episode of Tech Lasso. I am Christopher Hong, and I'm here with two unique, wonderful individuals from Glendale Unified School District, Dr. Valerie Sun and Miss April Fayetta. Dr. Sun, Miss Fayetta, would you be willing to introduce yourself and just give us a little bit about who you are? My name is April Fayetta. This will be my 28th year in education, and I've taught literally every grade, <laughs> kindergarten through 12th grade favorite so far is middle school. And I'm currently teaching at Wilson, teaching introduction to coding and robotics. I'm also a mentor teacher for Glendale. Hi, everybody. I'm Valerie Sun. I am currently the coordinator of instructional technology in Glendale Unified School District. And I, like April, have also taught across the entire span. I've been an educator since 2005. I taught in France. I got to teach here in the United States from preschool all the way up to doctoral level students. And teaching is kind of my jam and innovation is kind of my jam too. It's it's fun to be in this space where we really get to change our students for the better. Ms. Fayetta, you're talking about how you teach intro to coding. Why do you think that's so important or can you give us more information about it? Jason Gao said, you know, it's not necessarily the language like Java or Python, but can they solve problems and they can they go from one thing to another to another thing? Mm-hmm. He was because before, like when I first started teaching, I was like, okay, we should really learn, uh, you know, we were doing Carnegie Mellon, it was basic Python. And he said, that's not even the thing. Can the kids adapt to different types okay. of tech? Especially with how quickly everything adapts and changes is like how quickly, how transferable are your skills essentially is what he's looking for. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Dr. Sun, I was like looking at your AI 101 and just talked to him like by the time this symposium comes out, which is what? like It's going to be, yeah. It's it's already different. Right. Because I've been working on it. I'm like creating these AI 101 workshops. I'm like, my workshops next month by the middle of this month or the end of this month is probably going to change already. So I have to continually adapt and change and modify it. Mm-hmm. And it's just blowing my mind now with our students and, and education in general. It's like, how much of this do we need to really understand or how much of it do we actually need to know how to just utilize? Right. Isn't it crazy? And I, I think it's, I'm I'm working on these tech videos of teachers modeling good tech use, right? And we have like these little sidebars, we we call their confessionals. (laughs) And we talk about their kids, like transformation in their use of technology. And they're just like, you know, like at the beginning, they get really frustrated. But then now they're just like, oh, this is just like what I did when I used that other thing. And then so the teachers are seeing the transfer of their computer use from one t- or technology use from one tool to the next tool. So they're like, this is, this is so easy now. They're like, we totally understand. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think if we just teach our kids how to use the gist, they, they get to go and choose and select, right. And find what fits them because once you know the pattern. And then, I mean, the more you look at technology nowadays, it's, it's just, evolving so fast that our kids like my daughter is nine and she picks up things so quickly that I'm like I can't show you how to use this and I train people in technology and she's like this is how I do it boom 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 I'm like 
this is ridiculous how quickly you're picking stuff up. And that's with even with us here with like my wife and I limiting how often she can use technology. We're like, look, we we are still doing minimal screen time unless absolutely necessary. Even then, she picks things up so fast. It's amazing. I don't know if you've experienced it with your own kids or with the students in your own classrooms. Well, yeah, Dr. Sun, you're just bringing that. But I don't know about you, Miss Fayetta, if you see that with your own daughter and or with your students in your classroom. I see it with my own kids and with my students, but I see it with both. For me, I, although I love all tech, my main thing that I love is editing, video editing. And it surprises me even with just that. You know, it seems so easy. They can edit, but on their phone. Like, yes. I'm so old school. I need my iMac. I need a monitor. Yep. Get all the frames. They just get download anything. CapCut, boom, 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 boom. And they have the product so quickly. They just... Because they grew up with it, their learning is just at an accelerated pace, especially, especially they pick up on it when it's something they're interested in. And even like my daughters, they were doing homework. And actually, they talk about that a lot in class. Like, could we use chat GPT? And is it okay? Is it cheating? But they know so many tricks on just that alone. I think it's just a part of, you know, technology is just what they were born with. It just comes so much natural to the students I work with, middle school, and my daughters in high school. It's amazing. And you brought up ChatGPT and talking about generative AI in general. What, how has it impacted your schools or your school district? Since basically winter break, it's blown up across almost every school, every county, every district across the nation. I just wonder how much has it impacted a Glendale Unified School District? Well, in middle school, I just noticed the kids start talking about it maybe the last two months of school, maybe when papers were due and they were working on midterms and stuff like that. It wasn't quite in January, but more two months ago. And I didn't realize it was controversial till I saw one of the, um, I showed them how to use it. I, we were cleaning up our resumes. I teach all my classes how to write a basic resume, uh, the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders and we work on our resume throughout the throughout the year. And I showed them, I'm like, look it, I'm going to clean up my resume. <laughs> and after we wrote it, I cleaned mine up. And I noticed some, some students gasping like, oh my gosh, you're using ChatGPT. Our teacher says that's cheating. And that's when I realized, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. I realized that uh, not all teachers were on board. And then I saw some PDs coming out in Glendale saying, Rebecca Milwaukee's teaching one. She was like the national teacher of the year, but works for GUSD. And the theme of her topic is like looking into AI and embracing things like chat GPT and showing us how to use it, showing the students how to use it. Ever since January, I would say, we got a lot of teachers saying there is rampant cheating with AI and we need to put a stop to this right now. Our kids are using it. It was really hard to talk to teachers about it. And we really enjoyed being able to like have this training for our teachers. But then it was, you know, I, I found it to be a little late to have it in May, as opposed to having it back in January when some of these things could have been prevented, right? Yeah. But, you know, we go with the flow, right? <laughs> we go with the flow when they were like, okay, we really need this. And like, okay, then we, we are ready to do this. But it was, it was just really hard because I think a lot of teachers weren't prepared for it or they're just like, you can't use it. It, it was, 
it was the hard hand of you need to ban this now. And we're like, we in the tech department took a pretty hard stance and said, no, we are not going to ban it because it's a game of whack-a-mole. You know, you, you block chat GPT today, there is perplexity tomorrow, there is, or all these other tools that were Notion, right? There are all these tools. We can't possibly block them all, but if we teach them how to use it and actually use it to their advantage, use it for the critical thinking aspects that the tool can bring, it would be a whole lot more powerful. Yeah, and I think the the one keyword you keep bringing up that stands out is tool. A lot of times in education, when we see something new, even me included, if I see something new, I freak out initially. And then I'm like, what do I do now? The fact that you reinforce it as a tool, I think means more than anything because it is a tool and it's how you use it. It's no different than a hammer. How do you use a hammer to, and what are you using the hammer for, right? So I think as we do this, and I didn't even think about the whack-a-mole concept since what, the end of November when ChatGPT was released to the public, every time I go on a website now to just research AI or generative AI chatbots, there's almost a new one every other week. And at this mm-hmm. point, how do you ban it? How do you prevent kids from using it? Right. It would be absolutely impossible. It's like calculators, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. or Wikipedia, right? Remember when Wikipedia came out and everybody's like, oh my God, Wikipedia is gonna, we're no longer needed anymore. And everybody was using it in their research. And then after about two years, like, okay, Wikipedia is a resource, but not what you use for citation, you know? So it's like, okay, here's ChatGPT. And I don't remember if it was Matt Miller from Digital Textbook or someone else who I saw speaking about it. They were just like, listen, use it so much that it is no longer cool to use it. Ask your kids to ChatGPT everything, right? Like, let's ask. Let's see what they know. Does that, How does that compare to what we know? Did you learn something new? Did you not learn something new? You got another question? Let's ask ChatGPT about it. And they'll be like, come on, I don't want to ChatGPT this anymore. So use it so much that it has become a burden <laughs> and that it is no longer cool. So they're just off of it. I don't know. Though. I don't know if we could actually get to that point because I do really dig the information that it provides all the time. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I was telling uh, Miss Fayetta right before she logged in, she sent me her resume to create a bio for her. I'm like, I'm just going to take this, throw it into ChatGPT and ask GPT to make a bio for me versus me having to go through and it's like, okay, teacher of the year, all this fun stuff. It's now like Miss April Fayetta is a teacher of year, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And ChatGPT can handle it for me. And if I don't like it, I can be like, can you redo this? Because I didn't like that response and it'll continue to redo it. Exactly. And so it's like, how is that for close reading and critical analysis, really finding the information? And you know what? If it didn't give you the answer that you wanted, maybe you didn't ask the right question. Well, I just want to add about the resume because it reminded me of when we started working on our resumes and the first shock factor of my students, sorry, that's my dog. But the first shock factor was, oh my gosh, you're using it. We're not allowed to use it. And then I didn't make a big deal. And like Dr. Sun said, I just thought of it as a tool. And I said, you know, I didn't even think about that. We shouldn't be using it. My husband's work uses it. The CEO uses it. Lawyers use it that I know. So I go, let me show you how to use it. So every day we would look at it and then they would log in. They even found ways around uh, unblocking certain AI sites. After a while, they were like, oh, okay, you know, not a big deal. 
But if we tell them they can't use it, especially middle schoolers, they're going to want to use it. They're going to want to use it like you'll never believe. Like I do that sometimes with my assignments. Like I just had to put it on Google Classroom. Don't even look at it. I'm like, well, why not? Don't open it. Just it's not ready yet. And they just can't help but you pique their curiosity at that point. You're like, Mm -hmm. hey, don't do it. Oh, well, they said don't do it. I have to find out why I can't do it now and then move forward from there. If it's a cool tool or resource and you're telling me not to use it, I don't know how beneficial that really is at this point, because I thought in education, we're supposed to develop citizens that are critical thinkers and ready for the next step of their life to be in the workforce. And yet in schools, we're saying, you know, uh, don't use the technology, don't Don't use the newest thing because we're not ready for it. So we don't want you to use it. And it's funny, like New York public school district banned it. And now they're going backwards and they're unbanning it because they're like, look, that was just a gut check reaction. We did it. We went with it. And you know what? Maybe we need to pull back and actually learn how to use it, integrate it. Right. It's so crazy. And I know AI is not going away. It's Google has what Bard, Microsoft has Copilot and Bing or not Bing and ChatGPT because they own that Apple just started releasing their stuff. So I mean, it's not going away at this point. We do need to learn how to use it. It's funny, you brought up Wikipedia and I was just going backwards even further and going Google. When Google and Yahoo search Mm -hmm. engine search engines came out, I remember saying, no, don't use it. You can't use it because it's going to give you the answer. It's going to cheat. You're going to copy and paste. You're going to do all this stuff. And yet here we are. What is this? Google came out in 1998 officially. I can't do the math off the top of my head. About almost 30 years ago. Almost 30 years ago, Google came out and now it's embedded in our life and it's the norm. Right. Exactly. So it's like, how how do we make this novelty a norm, right? How do we make it so that it is a tool that we look to, that we look to using as opposed to something that is going to help me cheat? Because as looking up answers on Google cheating, depends on when we actually do it, right? And how we do it. You know, it's just so we got to teach our kids that. Like, it's not a bad thing to use ChatGPT. It's just there's a time and place for everything. I mean, there was that one student who was going to win the art award for digital design that they had made. And then so she won first place. And then the judges discovered that she had used AI to help her create her artwork. Oh, interesting. I didn't hear about this. And they wanted to take her award away. And she was like, hold on, because it wasn't her quote unquote original work, right? But they didn't have a definition of original work. And she's like, well, it is a digital print. And if it weren't for me guiding the artificial intelligence to provide the things that I wanted to see that I wanted to have, if I didn't go through and adjust the coloring as necessary, then it wouldn't be the piece that I won the first place in. How is this not an original work when I was the one who told the AI what to do? It was a really good argument. I was yeah. like, that that's profound. I'm like, <laughs> how, how do you argue against that right now? I'm just trying to come up with an argument. I'm like, you can't because it goes back to what she brought up. It's like, you guys never defined what original artwork meant. We need to engage our students in this. How have you, Dr. Sen, how have you, Ms. Fayetta, done this? I, I, was t- I do tell the students that it has to be that we, we use it to strengthen our writing. I show them how not to use it. Whereas like, let's say they have a question they have to answer in science. They literally put the whole entire question there and they'll say, answer this question. And I 
And so I teach them like, this is how your teachers know that you're using AI, first of all, you know, we're trying to use it to like enhance our writing and help us, but not write it for us. So, and one of the um, models that we have, like a tool, like you said, Dr. Sen, uh, we do this entrepreneurship course through Nucleus and the students have to write a business plan. Sometimes my students are not the strongest writers, so it helps them with that. A lot of my students, they're just they just moved here like maybe a month or two ago and said they use it for translation just like they would Google Translate. Like some students only speak Russian, so they clean up their writing through that. But I have found that students usually procrastinate on stuff, even something as fun as writing a business plan. Maybe they're just not so confident, but the business plan in my class make that idea of it and making their small startup business. They love it, but it's the writing part that holds them back. And so I found that when they could use chat GPT, they don't procrastinate as much. When the kids that enter tech is because a lot of them are, are not strong writers. So I think it helps them just to do it and get started. For me, that's a huge step in middle school. It's kind of like it empowers them a little bit, especially if you can't speak a word of English. But I, I do I do have to explain to them though, you know, the teachers can check it if it's more than I think. 60% AI generated, then it's considered cheating. But I'm trying to use it as a tool to help them enhance the writing and not write it for them. But as I said, we've only been using this the past two months. I didn't even think about that, the business model, and then just mm -hmm. empowering the student is such a great way of putting it. You're, you're reducing any barriers the students may have by using this tool and resource as opposed to saying, well, go figure it out. And I know, like for me, I probably would have Googled it. But then even with Google, searches or Yahoo searches or Bing searches is just, which link do I click? And then do I trust this link? Do I use this link or that link? Whereas I know with ChatGPT or AIM, the generative AI chatbots, it's one document or one thing that basically says, hey, this is what you could do. And this is XYZ. Also appreciate you saying if it's 60% or more, that's considered cheating. I got that from my daughter's school. They actually said, I think it's 60%. And so they're really, really scared. So although they're allowed to use it in high school for, they ask it all kinds of questions. Sometimes like personal questions, like things they probably are afraid to ask, you know, their friends even, but they use it for craziness. So I noticed my daughter even said, she's an incoming junior. She said, mom, it's helped me so much just to get started. She's like, writing is not my thing. Her thing is more like tech and math. And she goes, so writing comes a little, uh, slower for me but I just it helps me get started and that's all I need sometimes and I said oh, okay so that's a good thing but they're so scared I don't know what their teachers told them but they don't want to get in trouble or you know get a bad grade or fail or I don't know what the consequences are right now but I think if you just show the students like what is cheating what how to use it and I think you could do so many great things with it and so I'm, I'm going to go one step further. Is it, do we show the students it or do we need to show teachers and educators? I think we need to show the teachers and get them comfortable with it so they're not taken aback by how the students are using it. And then we also show the students how to use it too. So then we teach them how to use it properly and really practice the digital citizenship skills that are necessary when it comes to artificial intelligence work combined with their own work. You were touching based on digital citizenship, and there's one component that I, I think falls under umbrella, I could be completely wrong, but it's digital literacy too. And mm -hmm. how do we 
not train, but educate our teachers or students on digital literacy? So ChatGPT doesn't list the sources, but Notion.io, Perplexity, and I forget two other ones that I was playing with, when they write something for you in a response, they actually list the resources where they pulled the information from. And so I thought that was super neat. When I saw it, I was like, whoa, they gave me resources. <laughs> yeah, I know it's I real. I know it's not yeah. fake. Exactly. Like, it's not fake. It, it is real. I can go and click on these resources and actually fact check or make sure that I have the correct information. Like the little footnotes in Wikipedia. It's like you read through Wikipedia and you're like, okay, this is a fact that I want to go check on or somebody had made this claim. And here now, that's where I go and get my resources. I saw a doctor, I don't know if you were part of that panel, Dr. Sun, that's teaching that PD about AI. I don't know if you were in that PD series. Mm -hmm. I, I led it. Oh, you did. Okay, okay. So yeah. when I saw that, I saw it a little too late. I thought, wow, I want to sign up for that. That's just because I want to use it the right way. But when I was teacher on special assignment for tech for eight years <laughs> at the elementary school, we got this $2 million grant and my job was to work with all the students and teachers. I noticed that you have teachers that are super excited and will basically do everything. You know, they love everything new. They're so innovative. Teachers that are super resistant, don't want to try anything. And then you have the middle people, you know, and you kind of have that in middle school as well. So what we do when we have new tech, especially we have the Verizon grant, millions from Verizon. We have an innovative lab at our on our site. So what we do is we take all those excited people <laughs> that will, but not just excited people, excited people that the other teachers respect. Because there's excited people that meet like me that would do everything, but the teachers were like, oh, she's going to do it anyway. But you need to have those respect teachers. So in middle school, we have them sign up and we bring those teachers in and we have different departments, history, uh, PE, English, science, and those teachers have to be the messengers to bring it back to the other teachers. Because if they only hear it from tech people, and people who are going to use it, they might not really get that buy-in. But if they hear it from their respected colleagues that were not handpicked, but maybe nudged by the principal, I think we have a better chance of having teachers open their mind to using it. Because for the most part, most teachers are resistant resistant to new things. They love the whatever they've been doing. It works for them. They're throwing us something new, you know? I just think if you, that's one way to roll it out. I knew a guy in marketing. You're basically using the marketing skills to recruit people intentionally. So the way you described it is the way he described it. There's three types of people in the world. And I'm going to use the Apple iPhone and Android phones as an example. You have people who love Apple phones. They will never go to Android. And then you have the Android users who will never, ever touch that iPhone. But what it sounds like is you're trying to grab those Apple lovers or the top tier tech people who are respected that people listen to, to sway that middle batch, the batch that they can go one way or the other. It's like, ah, I can use Apple, I can use Android. But if the people are saying, hey, use the Apple product more and I respect them, I'm going to listen to them. Same idea with the, the generative AI or any type of new tech, it's, if it comes in look, I respect those people. I'm going to listen to those people. If they say it's something we should be using, then hey, let's use it. See what's the worst that can happen, right? Yes. And, and it does plant a seed. You know, they may not be, they're not, they're not going to use it right away, maybe, but 
now at least they're maybe a little open-minded, may use it, have a little more information about it instead of completely shutting down, no chat GPT or no AI, you know, but perhaps they'll have an open mind and it does plant the seed. Why do you think it takes so long for us in education specifically, K-12, even higher ed, to even have a conversation on the latest tech that comes out? Fear of, one, how to use it, right? Um, A lot of our teachers, they've been teaching for quite some time, you know, and we're used to the way that we teach. And so in throwing in a new disruption, it does take some time to get used to and We also don't want to set off any alarms. Like what if it's just a fad for a month or two months, right? We want to make sure kind of that the fad sticks around, (laughs) right? It's not just, it's not just a little fling. And so by the time you realize, okay, this isn't just a fling, we do need to adapt. It takes a little bit more time. When it comes to technology or educational technology, there's something new almost every other month. And I, I didn't even think about the fads like, it's like, well, I'll just wait it out, see what happens. And then if I need to learn it, I'll force myself to learn it type of thing. It, it, it's just, it's crazy. And the, the crazy idea is, can you imagine if education did move at the same pace, then there wouldn't be any sustainability. Oh, well, sustainability is not the right word. Consistency? Right. There wouldn't be any consistency, right? Because things are always constantly changing. And I'm not saying change is a bad thing. I love change. I am one who embraces change. But then that also puts you always at like a really heightened mode, like a heightened stress mode. And that's just not going to work if that is our everyday life. I mean, as educators, I feel like that is our everyday life already between. <laughs> <That is true. laughs> I was like, oh, let's, let's just add some, you know, it's like, how do we calm ourselves down? Because I know I remember when I was teaching and I was working with students and when I was school admin, it was, I have an angry parent, I have a distraught student, I have to call DCFS, I have to do so many different things where I'm always heightened. And now like big pictures, like, you're right, if we try to keep up like keeping up with the Joneses, that will burn teachers out so, so fast. Yeah. And just think of it instructionally, right? If we have, I mean, even just look at the textbook adoption process. Oh, <laughs> Some yeah. of us have textbooks for so long, right? Yeah. Um, and now we're moving to digital textbooks. But even then, the adoption process of these things take some time you know you have at least a year's worth of your crc meeting together to discuss and to pilot things out and whatnot and i feel like a year or even six months with the crc is pretty fast in terms of wanting to adopt something right so if we were to adopt every single new tool when do we actually have the time to plan a really good lesson because now we're just following tools we're following the tools all the control changes. us. Yeah. Right. And so we do need to have this balance. And where do we find that balance? And how do we make it so that we're not so far behind? That's such a good question. Good statement. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> it it's so delicate. I am I, I think it, it really is a delicate game. And I think New York is great for saying, you know what, we banned it, and that was like a really 
brash move that we made. And now we're taking a step back and realizing that this is a good tool. I think that's really awesome that they were able to say that. The fact that they admitted to it, to, yeah. Exactly. Because how often do we actually admit that we're wrong? Especially in right? education? Yeah. So there you go. So with that, I have one last question for both of you. If you're looking, we'll say five years into the future right now, with the way education is going, what would you love to see education be like within five years or in the next five years? I'm speaking from where, where I am at right now at my school in middle school. And I feel like the newer teachers, they're a whole new caliber of people. Like they're so tech savvy. They, they're they amazing. <laughs> I'm also a mentor teacher to high school teachers and uh, CTE teachers at my school. And it's amazing how much tech they are bringing in. They've leveled up the game. Like from when I first started teaching, I can't even... I'm thinking, wow, I feel like I'm learning from you. Like, you don't even need a mentor. You know, they just need it just for, to check off the list that they went through the mentor program. But it's amazing what they're bringing into school. It's exciting. So, for instance, I'm working with a CV teacher, brand new, first year high school, teaches history. He said he has ADHD. And so he was not maybe the best student. So he teaches his student to his style. So when I watch him teach, he has YouTube going on. They have their devices out and he doesn't even care. They have their iPads, their Chromebooks, their laptops, their phones. It's not a big deal. And the kids don't take advantage of that. He has YouTube and then he'll play a podcast and then they have to share. Then they have, to, he has like near, he has so many different ways of learning history like I'm thinking wow I wish I was in your history class so I would like to see more teachers like that and and I that kind of energy you know like how can we take our subject our core subjects and make them so engaging that not just tech class is engaging art is engaging but history and science and maybe even math like let's take it to the next level like what can we do with it and so I want to see that, and I want to see it probably embraced in the school. Very cool. And you, Dr. Sun? I would love to see, I hope that in five years, we will have true mastery-based grading in our classrooms. Yes. But how do we actually achieve that for our students? We take advantage of the technology that we have present, where you know, you set up different stations where you can work in small groups with your students while the other students are still engaged some way, somehow by the content that you have personalized for them to work on a particular skill, to work on, you know, at the kindergarten level, to work on sounds that they need to create, to work on letter recognition, word recognition, to work on reading skills, language skills, math skills, whatever it is that they need. But we are actually leveraging that technology in our classroom or at the high school level. Amanda Sandoval, who is amazing, um, she talked about having these playlists for her students so that her students get to move at their own pace to get the content that they need and to demonstrate the content understanding that they have at each particular point. Wouldn't that be so much nicer to have like education be to be tailored to your learning needs? Because I honestly feel that learning in a school setting 
is a choice now. We can learn everything we want to learn online. And the number of homeschooling opportunities that could be available is, or that is available is just abundant, well beyond abundant, right? So it is a choice to be in school. And if I'm a really, really smart kid, I want to feel that challenge. You know, if I am a student who needs more time to learn, I also don't want to feel like I need to give up because my teacher moves too quickly or because my friends move too quickly because I just don't get it. So I would really love to see that personalized, individualized, mastery-based grading for me to to demonstrate what our students actually know. I support that 100%. I appreciate you both coming on. Thank you, Dr. Sun. Thank you, Ms. Fayetta. And I look forward to talking to you both again in the near future. Sounds great. Thanks for having us. The ITL coordinators thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Lasso. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our podcast. Also, follow us on social media. The links are in the show notes. Thank you again, and let us know how we are doing. Go to bit.ly slash techlasso.